0: Hey and welcome to Neon Nottingham's official podcast channel. Here you can hear all the best work from journalism students at Nottingham College. Alongside these unique one-off episodes of podcasts, you'll also be able to find student work over on our website at www.neonnottingham.com. Whether it's football or true crime, politics or mental health, there'll definitely be something for everyone, so make sure you click on that follow button to keep up to date with new episodes. And check us out on Insta too at neon underscore Nottingham for some behind the scenes and teasers.
1: Hello, welcome
2: to Infinity, the podcast where we discuss all things from human interest to history and environmental issues every single week. Um, I'm Zoe and I'm here with Caitlin and in this episode we're
1: discussing the city of Nottingham, so the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll be talking about the past, the present and the future of the city, Nottingham's creative quarter, the broadmast Redevelopment and we're also joined by a special guest, Lee Walker, the director of the new and fresh project, The Nottingham Project.
2: So, um, where should we begin, Caitlin, with the Creative Quarter? Yeah, sure. So, um, the Creative Quarter is basically an environment that that attracts and supports creative and digital businesses. And it helps them develop and thrive, essentially. Um, So, the Creative Quarter is a mix of many different types of industries. So, we've got from bars, retail, cinemas, theatres and art. And then, with the support of different businesses, um, like Nottingham Trent University and also Nottingham College, um, the creator course is basically an amazing place to, um, according to their slogan, is live, learn, work and invest.
1: So their four sections are individually divided. Each course is packed with information and further details. So I believe that Nottingham is an amazing city to live in, obviously having lived here my entire life. I've always enjoyed it. There's so much to do there's so many restaurants so many such good nightlife etc so I have a memory actually in Nottingham because every single boxing day me and my family go to the Nottingham theatre and I've just always had an amazing experience there and it's just amazing that obviously Nottingham isn't the biggest town so to have such good talent and creativity within the city I think is just amazing. Obviously our city has a lot to offer there's modern urban living and the refreshed lace factories. there's work
2: houses on trend independent retailers and there's also so many bars restaurants cafes galleries art, cinemas theaters the list goes on there's so many uh, creative businesses and industries and honestly the crazy quarter just creates a real buzz in the daytime and a rhythm at night
1: yeah i definitely agree with that nottingham definitely has a lot to offer both in the daytime and at night uh,
2: the transport connections are great too there's a whole wide variety of bus networks tram lines so many different buses going both north and south and it's it's a really there's a lot to offer
1: I definitely agree that the public transport offered is absolutely amazing obviously our students ourselves when we commute from where we live to Nottingham each day for college it's really really nice to have a bus that goes directly from where we live straight into the town centre we also offer trams from Clifton etc like Zoe said running to even places outside of Nottingham. There's just so many different types of transport that you can take that obviously also take you further north and south, as Zoe said. Also, Nottingham is an amazing place to work. It has easily accessible offices, workshops, and many creative jobs available. Of course, not to mention obviously like Victoria Centre and when the New Brough Marsh Centre is Finish. there will be a lot of opportunities there in retail and shopping if that's what you guys are interested in but I think it definitely has a lot of opportunities and a lot of things for many different ages. Um, So I think honestly, overall, it's just an amazing city.
2: So to find out more about Nottingham's incredible Creative Quarter, you can visit www.creativequarter.com. It's really interesting to read about and it's also really insightful. Um, You can find out about events that are being hosted, redevelopment, such as the Broadmarsh. But you can also find out about the redevelopment of um, other projects, such as Nottingham Castle. And you can even find out about current building work and developments that are going on. So such as the new Nottingham College City Hub. Obviously we're both Nottingham College students ourselves and I know that we both can't wait to move into the new building because it looks absolutely brilliant and I know so much work has gone into this and we're really hopeful that we can move in there
1: either early next year or within the next few weeks. So we also researched into how much money has gone into the building and we found that £58 million has been invested in this new building. We're very, very fortunate to be able to be one of the students or a group of the students that are going to be able to move into that building and experience it.
2: In another aim to help rejuvenate the city of Nottingham, um, a brand new project like we mentioned at the start, uh, the Nottingham Project, which launched on the 13th of July uh, this year, is hoping to boost Nottingham's creativity and culture with fresh and exciting plans.
1: With a massive board of creative culture and business people and the support and funding from various industries and educational establishments around Nottingham, the vision and hope is to become one of the most creative cities in the world. Uh, It's chaired by
2: Greg Nugent who was um, born and raised in Nottingham and over the years Greg's worked on numerous national and international projects uh, around the world and he was even the director of the London 2012 Paralympic Games.
1: The Nottingham project is currently under the leadership of Lee Walker who is the director of the Nottingham Board for Culture and Creativity with over a decade of experience. Lee is hoping to create a brighter future for Nottingham and we will be talking to Lee and finding out some more about this inspirational project.
2: So, hi Lee, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. Uh, we're really looking forward to speaking to you about your project.
0: No problem, thanks for having me.
1: Obviously, this is a new and very exciting project, so would you mind telling us a little bit about what the Nottingham project actually is?
0: Yeah, sure. So, The Nottingham project started when Greg and I, Greg's the chairman of the project, so his background in sort of big international projects, was chief marketing officer for London 2012, uh, worked on the movement of Eurostar from London, Waterloo to St Pancras. Yeah, but it's from Nottingham originally, um, and I come from a background of working for Savills and a few of the bigger property companies, and we both came to this project in about February with the mandate to look at sort of the role that culture and creativity in the creative industries could play in regenerating the place. And we both felt that Nottingham's great, it's amazing, it's got some really amazing, vibrant cultural scenes, but that actually maybe it could do more with it. Um, So our mandate really was to have a year looking at how culture and creativity could play a bigger role. We got together in February and pulled a board together that included all the organisations you'd expect to see, on a on a board in Nottingham with the sort of the council and the universities and all those big players and then combining those with some people that maybe don't always get the same representation so you know some of the smaller groups but those those real creative and cultural pioneers people like Nathaniel Wilson who set up Nottingham Street Food Club and then also some of the sort of icons of Nottingham's cultural and creative scene so Shane Meadows and Vicky McClure both agreed to to join the board as well we set that board up and then covid hit so we realized that we pretty much didn't have 12 months to do it and we paused we launched something called the robin hood fund raised about hundred thousand pounds for charities and most of that money's gone to to food banks in the city to to help most as the covid crisis was at least at that time in the first stage of, of really decimating our society um and we were lucky enough to be able to work with a with a creative consultancy called Hewick studios and thomas Hewick is the gentleman behind some of the world's most amazing buildings uh, around the globe but principally built Google's head offices in in Britain and in America worked on the Routemaster buses in London so we we wanted to see what we could do by combining the sort of board that we put together in Nottingham with this amazing creative genius that could look at it from the from the outside so for the last 12 weeks we've been doing that looking listening getting ideas from Nottingham and then sometime before the end of the year, and we're just sort of deciding when it goes with the public launch. But we'll be bringing forward sort of three big bits. One is what we think the story of Nottingham is and, and how that works. The second bit is kind of what are the big ideas where culture and creativity can play a stronger role in our city centre. And the third is, and it doesn't surprise us, but when we launched, by far and away, the biggest thing people said needed to be fixed was that sort of broad marsh space, but actually the million square foot that sits from the foot of the castle to the base of the new college um and so we've, we've got some ideas that can feed into a broader conversation around that but hopefully some sort of stunning stuff so that's a sort of summary of, of what we've been doing really
2: yeah thank you that all sounds really good and um, we've both lived in nottingham so our whole life but i the project sounds really good there's there, there's a lot that can be done so it sounds really interesting
1: uh-huh. yeah and also we're students so we're going to be moving into that new building so we're really excited for that
0: it looks incredible right
1: yeah, it's amazing. So what would you say your job role is within the project?
0: So yeah, I'm I'm the director. So principally, it means that day to day I run it and make sure we manage the people that we're working with and, and pull in those ideas. So I suppose my role is really around how we manage the sort of plethora of stakeholders that we have and making sure that everyone feels we're going in the right direction, making sure the board feels they're informed on the direction that we're taking and making sure really that we are actually listening and that it's not just we've come up with an idea and we're gonna say that's the idea and that's how it's got to be. So I have probably spent the last twelve weeks trying to make sure we've engaged as as widely as possible. Um and, you know I don't think there's been a consultation like it in Nottingham on a project like this. So we've done I think this would if I count this as one, this would be the sixty first Zoom call of some description with a group of people. We've had the best part of a thousand emails in with with ideas and suggestions of how people want to get involved. And then on top of that is obviously sort of the social media channels that Chat called Simon Bristow, who's our sort of creative lead on it, has, has been managing.
2: Yeah, that sounds really enjoyable and obviously sounds like a lot of planning has gone into it as well, which is really good. And it's good that a lot of people have ideas as well that they want to share with you. I
0: think it's, it, it surprised us. Not completely. I think we knew people would have ideas that they wanted to bring forward. But these weren't like just one line emails. Like some people put in 20 page PDF documents and you're like, it just feels like they've been sitting on these ideas and wanting to have the opportunity to share it.
2: Yeah, that's, that's really good that people have all those contributions and they want, they want it to work. So if the Nottingham project is a success, uh, what differences would you expect to see in the city in 10 years' time? So what measures for, for success um, have you set for the project?
0: I, I think over a decade, it's less about the project being a success, it's more about the city being a success, really. And, that, and I think by that, I mean opportunity. And I think it's opportunity for, for people and really especially young people. We've got some of the most deprived communities anywhere in the country. And the Broadmarsh space, in a basic sense, really should create jobs from start to finish. So, you know, there's an awful lot of demolition work to happen on it, for example. So we should be using people from Nottingham and giving them opportunities in the construction industry. And then as it grows, those opportunities should move into It providing spaces for them to start businesses or or work in units. Generally, cities and towns feel like places that that push young people out. You know, if if someone skateboards, we're told that you shouldn't do that in the middle of your city. We're actually maybe we should pushing these people back in and giving opportunities in that space. So I suppose success for me feels like more jobs, not being 140 out of 140 in the youth deprivation index and, and a city that people want to visit because the experience is strong and compelling.
2: Yeah, absolutely. One of our topics we were going to talk to you about was actually young people and the opportunities. Um, And we were just wondering, what would you say to young people who are currently disillusioned with the real or perceived lack of opportunities in Nottingham? And how would you encourage them to get involved in the project?
0: It's a really good question, right? I'd say with the project, as we bring ideas forward, I'd say engage with them and work out where those opportunities sit within each of those ideas. I'd say be brave and bold and, and push um, and don't accept the fact that your jobs have to be in minimum wage jobs, not in careers. Think about where those opportunities lay. And Austin in Texas is a, is a place we speak about a lot because it, it redefined itself using culture and creativity. It was a, a city based on the tin mining industry. When that disappeared, obviously the jobs disappeared and people had always assumed that they'd go through life and get a job in, in one of the mines and then Clearly, those jobs just dried up. And what they did is they they embraced culture and creativity in its widest possible form. So from performing arts to digital coding to gaming to film to all of those bits. And they're jobs that, you know, even in a world, if COVID's going to be around even in the medium term, they're jobs that ultimately you can do from a laptop. It gives that flexibility. I would say that bear with it. Next year we'll come forward with some stuff that in the short term provides some opportunity. And over the decade, keep pushing us and challenging us to make sure that opportunity for young people sits at the absolute heart of everything we bring forward.
1: Yeah, so I think COVID's obviously had a large impact on the job sector and everything, but also you did say that it put a halt to the project. So how has it affected the project? And obviously, since you began on the 30th of July, what progress have you made?
0: Yeah, so it didn't necessarily put a... I suppose it paused it rather than delayed it. So whereas we would have took a year probably done it in a slightly differing way um, and done it over a longer period of, of time, we we used that time in the middle to raise money where we felt we could because it just didn't feel like the right time to launch a project about exciting opportunity when when everyone was struggling and staying at home. And it, it just it feels like it would have crashed and burnt at that point. So instead of doing it over 12 months, we've condensed that consultation to to 12 weeks. But I think what it's done is bring forward quickly the crises that were already in play e.g retailers were struggling leisure businesses weren't growing at the speed that they were so the idea that culture and creativity could play a fundamental part in the reimagining of a city centre is probably a slightly easier sell now at the end well as we start to progress through the Covid period and we realise the world's not going to go back to the same so
1: yeah that definitely makes a lot of sense so as you
2: said at the start of um, this you said that you're working with Heatherwick Studio so um, I was looking into a little bit of that on um, on your website. And uh, what are your plans and aims for working with them?
0: So they'll, they'll come forward with, they've helped us shape. So they've been involved in all of the consultation calls that we've done in the various groups. And they've helped shape from their lens of having worked in cities on a global scale across the country, like helped push some of the ideas really and give them some of that innovative thinking. But also they'll come forward with some ideas around that Broadmarsh space and how you could use it in a genuinely different way. Because I think everyone probably accepts it can't just simply be built out again as a as another shopping centre. I don't think that will work. And I think most people probably accept we dodged a bit of a bullet by never getting to the point where it was built out. So it helps set an ambition level that I don't think we'd have set without them really.
2: Yeah, it sounds like really good work because I've seen that you're not just working with them as well. There's all sorts of different people that you're working with. And I think that's really going to help with the with the development of the project.
0: Yeah, I think they've really, they have playing the role of being like a critical friend, right? So if you've got your group of friends, it's often hard to, to be critical of each other because you're all friends, whereas they sit slightly outside of this, you know. Thomas Hedwick himself has this weird emotional attachment to Nottingham because he learnt archery as a child because he was obsessed with the films of Robin Hood. So it's not like they don't care about the place, but they're not here on the day-to-day, or they've put an awful lot of time in getting under the skin and understanding it. So they've helped push and challenge some of the perceptions we probably all hold because we're, we're from here or we live here. I
1: know that the Nottingham project is much wider reaching than just buildings, but I think our listeners will be really interested to hear your thoughts on the future of the Broadmarsh Centre. But
0: I, I think it genuinely, and I've probably touched on this a bit before, but I think we, it has to be seen as an opportunity now. But there's no more chances to get it right or wrong. Um, the opportunity is to create a space that is welcoming and accessible and a genuine entrance to a city that you'd be proud to to go through and visit and, and provide probably a series of uses now whether that's some some space for offices for people to work or small-scale workspaces for people to start a business in but got to think differently about what that's going to be because probably the one thing that is certain is the city doesn't need 20% more retail space and it's, it's a vast space in the middle of our city center so if we don't we need to get what right, the mix that's in there. So, yeah, there might be some cafes in there and some shops, but also there's going to need to be some workshop spaces and some some offices. And-
2: I think there's definitely room for development in the Broadmarsh, but as you are saying, that it's, it would be good if there was like offices and creative businesses as well. So Nottingham used to have some famous names who were large employees in the local area, such as uh, Rally Bikes and Imperial Tobacco, who've now closed. And then there's others such as Boots, who have um, recently allow, announced large redundancies. So do you think that the Nottingham project will improve employment opportunities for local people as well as attracting new talent from around the country?
0: I'd certainly hope that the project plays its part in that. I think what we've done in the 12 weeks that we've had on this is is work towards a strong vision that those companies could, could buy into. But I think it's a it's an absolute patchwork of, of bits, of, of organisations, of of people believing in it, of trying to put some spirit back into the city that, that actually the opportunity sits in.
2: Yeah, as you said, there is, well, there's obviously a lot of important opportunities. Like you said at the start as well, it's really good because it's opening a whole, the Nottingham project is opening a whole new variety of things and it's everything really. You've obviously got a lot of people on your board who have all got amazing experience when I was reading about that. So you've got Greg Nugent who direct, helped direct London Paralympics. So how does their experience, so like Greg's experience, um, help help you in the project?
0: it's just, you know, it's, all of those board members have played amazing roles. So obviously Greg brings with him a real visionary sense of some transformative projects that have worked in other places. You know, I'd say London 2012 was probably the last massive thing this country did at an astonishing level that was hugely successful. But it's not, you know, it's not just Greg, the other board members in there. So Vicky McClure, for example, always pushes us to think about the people of Nottingham and, and what the opportunities are for them and how the space can be accessible and, and what we do to, to create opportunity. Sarah Blair Manning, who's the chief executive of the Castle Trust is, you know, that's the biggest project that we'll launch in Nottingham next year. No question. And part of our role is helping her to make sure that gets the, the maximum possible, possible traction. And then equally people like Nathaniel Wilson, who set up and champions Nottingham street food club allows us just a completely different perspective. So they all play very differing roles in, in pushing us and challenging us and and encouraging us to, to think differently about it and that was that was kind of the point of the board really to to not just have the same voices saying the same things but to say what are the creative opportunities that can come forward.
1: Yeah I think it's really great that you've got a lot of people with a lot of different experience because I think that will help you in many different ways so as you mentioned before in some of the articles that I've read you've gained the support of the Left Line and the Nottingham Post so how has this helped you in your project so far?
0: Well, they're both absolutely in tune with probably slightly different audiences, but with the mass sort of population in that they publish media and press to those people on a, on a daily or a monthly or a weekly basis. Um, and they've helped really tie into that sense of Nottingham and what people in Nottingham want and what they see as it, and then equally helped us amplify our reach and get out and, and make sure we genuinely are listening to the, to the communities of Nottingham. I can't thank either of them enough for for the support that they've shown us in terms of just making sure we get the message out there, but also challenging us along the way to make sure it does feel authentically for and of Nottingham.
2: Yeah, I think it's brilliant. They've really spread the message really well, because most of our research that we've been doing, we've been looking at um, articles on the left line and articles on the Nottingham Post. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely really interesting. And obviously we have your website as well. There's a lot of things that we can look at and it's really informative for different people.
0: Part of the key bit of the process has been really ensuring that we're open in the way that we say we're going to consult with people and then actually listening to them when we do ask for their opinions. So I think when we bring forward publicly the ideas that we've come up with, they will, because they are ideas that came from Nottingham, they will feel right, I'd hope. I feel very privileged in one sense because at a time where everything in the, the news cycle is really quite negative and it feels inevitable now that Nottingham will go into quite a substantial Lockdown. Um, it's quite a privilege to be able to work on something that's looking at what the hope and opportunities are as we start to move out of that.
1: I think it's great. This gives some people something to look forward to, and if we do go into another lockdown, then at least they've got a little bit of hope for when we eventually get out. Where do you hope to see Nottingham's creative industry in ten years?
0: What I'd like to see is define ourselves as a city that's one of the global leading centres for culture and creativity. And I know that sounds like a huge ask and a massive ambition. But if you look at places like Austin and where they would have been 10, 15 years ago, and they had a lot of the factors that we have here. So they had really high performing universities and colleges. They had a disproportionately young population and they had relatively affordable house prices. Well, they're all factors that play in here. And by harnessing that spirit and that opportunity that comes through the creative and cultural sector, they completely redefined their economy. given opportunities and now they have something called South by Southwest every summer by oh, this year and it literally brings in 70,000 of the coolest tech creative people from across the globe to a city that wouldn't previously have dreamt of attracting them and And I think if we don't we really need to set that level of ambition so that a kid growing up in Nottingham today can feel like those opportunities are are coming in and are for them.
2: Yeah exactly there, there are there are a lot of opportunities so it's really good especially if you could get all of those things like you were just saying there so Nottingham's aiming to become a city of literature as well as a creative city so how do you feel that we could achieve becoming a city of literature
0: so I think we've already so Sandy Mahahu who runs the UNESCO city of literature stuff so we've got the UNESCO city of literature status already um, and I think it's really amazing the work that Sandy does and we she builds on that liter- literature history that we have in Byron and Lawrence and Silito, but Pioneers, Sandy's work is amazing and Pioneers and Champions are real breadth of writers that that play into that spirit of writers who draw on the rebellious nature of Nottingham. So I think the work we're doing on the UNESCO City of Literature stuff is, is amazing um, and really one of the things that we should be proud of as a city and we're committed to shouting about that as much as we possibly can especially with the development of the children's library and the commitment the city has to giving opportunities across all of those communities
2: yeah there's lots of new developments i think when the children's library is is finished it's going it's going to be an amazing space for children to go to and i think there's obviously been a lot of planning and thought going into that and it will really really will help boost the city I think it's
0: definitely one of those things that we'll look back on in 10 years and say wasn't that amazing isn't that pioneering and, and we'll be rightly proud as a city that we put education and attainment for children at front and centre of everything that we aim to do as we read as we rebuilt out of a out of a decimating crisis
1: yeah definitely I think it'll also really encourage children because if they have the resources to go and read and you know learn about new things and I think that a lot more children will yeah absolutely
2: yeah, Nottingham—it's a really good city to live in, and I think it is helped as well by having two of the largest universities in the country.
0: And the two universities, you know, they sit on the board at very, very senior levels. We've, we've had three or four conversations with the vice chancellors of both universities. You know, they—they've been amazing at pushing, and they know that their universities are hugely important to the economy of their city. But also, if the city's not good enough, then it will affect their ability to. Re- attract and then retain students
1: so how if people don't know already how should they get in touch we have any suggestions
0: but yeah i mean i'd say obviously keep an eye out and follow the social channels that we have so we've got twitter facebook and instagram all as the nottingham project um and if they want to get in contact with me then my email is lee at thenottinghamproject.co.uk and we just encourage people to reach out where they can feedback on the ideas that we bring forward as we bring them forward and and keep talking to us about what a regenerated city using culture and creativity would mean for for them
2: Uh, so lee thank you so much for being with us today it's been a pleasure to speak to you about the nottingham project
1: We're really looking forward to seeing the development of the wonderful project and following its progress
0: no thanks for inviting me on like always happy to come back and talk to you about it in more depth as it as it progresses so thanks a lot Hi, you're listening to Neon Nottingham, the only podcast in Nottingham dedicated to showcasing students' work. To keep up to date with all the new episodes, make sure you follow us on here and over on Insta at Neon underscore Nottingham.
2: So that was Lee Walker, the director of the board for the Nottingham Project, and that was a really, really insightful interview. So thank you so much Lee. Uh, it was really interesting to learn more about the Nottingham Project. I definitely feel like I've learned a lot more and there's I found out that there's so much opportunity for growth and development in Nottingham and I can't wait to see what it brings in the future.
1: I definitely think there'll be a lot of change and I also can't wait to see what the future does hold. So we have been speaking a lot about Nottingham's present and future but I think we should talk a little bit about the past. So the Victoria Centre that we all know and love was actually built upon the site of the old Victoria railway station which I didn't know until I've done more research into it, but that was actually demolished in 1967 and the centre was actually built between 1967 and 1972 by Taylor Woodrow, who is one of the largest building and general construction companies in Britain. So above the shopping centre, there are actually 26 floors of Victoria Centre flats that are actually still there to this day. I cannot imagine living above a shopping centre. I don't know about you.
2: No, I can't either. I wonder what it would actually be like having hundreds of people shopping below you and thinking, oh, that must be a bit strange. But I I guess they're used to it. Um, it also wasn't called the Intu Centre until February 2013 when their parent company Capital Shopping Centre uh, changed its name to Intu Properties so Nottingham's definitely changed so much over the years. Uh, and then similarly another large difference we have from the past to present day is Nottingham's Broadmarsh Centre like Lee was mentioning in the interview uh, like we were saying at the start of this episode and um,
1: it, it's really changed yeah. Yeah so I don't know whether you know Zoe but the D2N2 which is a local enterprise partnership in Nottingham have actually invested 25 million for the redevelopment of Broadmarsh area so as we said for the college the new college building it does sound like a lot of money but I guess they have to pay the workers and for all the equipment and stuff so and Broadmarsh as well it's not just a shopping centre they're doing a new car park a new bus station you know they're trying to do a lot to renovate it and make it more modern. They're trying to create an amazing space that will be enjoyable for everyone. You know when they're like supposed to finish it? So it was meant to
2: be um like early next year, so early twenty twenty one, but I actually read an article yesterday on the Nottingham Post and unfortunately um it's been delayed. But we all we all knew it was gonna be delayed. Um and it's been delayed until twenty twenty two. They're hoping that work's maybe gonna resume soon. Obviously it was paused due to Covid, which is very unfortunate, but um, to be honest with you, I, I'm not sure how you feel, Caitlin, but I I don't think they'll get it done by 2022. There's a lot of work to um, to do to it. If you see it, if you drive past it, if you walk past it, if you cycle past it, uh, you can see that Bournemouth it it's basically a half half ripped down, demolished shopping centre. Um, but I really do hope that work that work does carry out on it is ready for 2022. Um, Obviously, Broadmarsh has gone through a lot of change, though. Um, It was first built in 1975. Um, Before it was built, the land was an overcrowded urban street. It was full of houses back to back. Um, And I wonder what actually happened that resulted in it becoming a shopping centre with the houses being knocked down.
1: Yeah, I actually did look into that and on the Left Line website I found out that it was because of the crowded housing and the poor conditions that they actually wanted to regenerate Nottingham. So I think this made them maybe realise that they needed to adapt to the change in British society and cater for the fast-paced development of the world. So I think their Broadmarsh Shopping Centre was officially born.
2: Yeah, Broadmarsh has gone through so much change throughout the years and, and it was one of the most popular shopping centres. But well, obviously over the years, Victoria Centre... kind of taken over obviously it's a much more modern centre because Broadmarsh was always quite run down but it did used to be an absolutely amazing place and the history of it is absolutely fantastic.
1: I saw on the Nottingham Post actually they did a a Broadmarsh centre through history through pictures so I showed Zoe one of these earlier but it was basically a picture of just like the shops but there were so many people in there which is kind of odd to us because it's always been like a ghost town almost in Broadway Centre like you barely see anyone in there now. We're hoping that this new rejuvenation will help to bring back life to the centre.
2: Yeah there was so many shops, so many restaurants um, and it, it was a really popular place. There were many popular retailers there so hopefully when Broadmash reopens, we'll have those popular shops that everybody loves to shop in now, yeah. So that's been our insight into Nottingham's past, present, future. Um, I really hope that you've enjoyed listening to this. Um, I've I've definitely found out a lot um, in the making of this podcast, and I've found it a really, really interesting project. I love researching about like environmental things and creative things especially because we're such creative people and it, it's been it's been very very enjoyable.
1: It has been very enjoyable for me as well. Obviously as we do live in the city it I feel it is more interesting to us because it's more relevant to us. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what is yet to come. If you did enjoy the podcast, then there are many other podcasts that you can look into that will tell you further information about the Nottingham project and all the redevelopment that is going on. For example, NG Meets did a really good podcast. It was really interesting. and I feel like this is one of the things that inspired us to do
2: this um, project and podcast as well.
1: Definitely. We both hope that you all have a good rest of the day. Stay safe and take care.
2: Bye.